What's up, everybody? Welcome back to my non-expert opinion. It's your host, Chelsea Rife, and I am sitting here chilling in Mexico City. This is my next stop on my world travel journey. I did not mean to travel the world in this way this year. I had a very different plan. I was going to go to like two different countries and then kind of stay there for three to six months. At one point, I was going to get a full year-long visa in Portugal And then I went to Cape Town and I had the time of my life and I stayed there for three months and I was like, maybe I should have stayed for a year. And all this travel started to really prompt me to want to talk about it and write about it more. And I've been wanting to start like a travel Substack and a travel subscription podcast and like more travel focused emails and more storytelling about that on the podcast. And it's really caused me to be a little frozen in how I'm like creating content. And you probably noticed that with the like sporadic schedule of the podcast. I mean, that was a whole different issue because of tech. (laughs) You guys know my tech nightmare that happened in Buenos Aires and Colombia. But I basically was just like, I'm having a hard time focusing and prioritizing and like managing all these different things. And, you know, I feel really multi-passionate, but I have a hard time prioritizing sometimes and like figuring out what to focus on. And the common advice you hear is niche down, right? Just focus on one thing. Forget about the travel podcast. Who cares about a travel substack? Like, why don't you just double down on podcast coaching and go all in and put all your eggs in that basket and create a shit ton of content on every platform and become the best at that one thing? That works for many people, right? I would argue a lot of people have success that way. For me, that's actually not the way I want to have success. If you're into human design, I'm a reflector and I'm a 6'2 reflector and I'm also an Aquarius, Aquarius sun. So I like to be a little rebellious. And so I just like refuse to put myself in a box and niche down and double down into one category. However, that doesn't mean I'm great at prioritizing. But fortunately, on today's podcast, we have Joy, who runs the Multi-Passionate Mastery podcast. And she was on last year. She was on episode 157 talking about this exact thing. It was actually called, you don't need to niche down. You just need to focus. And we got in depth of how to actually prioritize all these different projects. Because if you're like me, you probably have a lot of different passions and you like doing a lot of things. So you're like, wait, I actually love traveling. I feel like I could make a travel guide or a travel blog, but also I want to teach people how to write a book. And so I'm going to write a a book outline template. And I have a really cool idea for a card deck and I want to create a card deck, but I also like products and I want to create a lavender oil spray, right? Like your mind just bops to all these different places and it can feel paralyzing. And so Joy is here to tell us like, it doesn't have to be paralyzing. It can actually be fun. And there's so many other ways to market yourself that aren't on social media. So today we are so lucky to have her back on the podcast. It's been over a year. She has so many updates to share with us, including being a new mom, what's happened with her podcast, leaving Instagram and the effects of that on her business. I know that's a big, big topic that we're all considering, right? Like, do I stay on this platform? Do I go? So you're going to hear all about her decision to leave, how she came up with it and what's happened business-wise since that departure. She also shares with us how she sells on her podcast because I know that's a really big pain point for a lot of people. We are constantly talking into our microphones as podcasters and sometimes we can feel like a broken record and really annoying, right? You're like, I just mentioned this last week. I just mentioned this on my Instagram stories and my emails. Like, God, I'm annoying people. I don't know that anyone's going to buy from me if I'm being annoying. And so I asked her, you know, how do you get over the fear of being annoying? And she had a really good answer. You are definitely going to love this episode, especially if you're multi-passionate, if you've been trying to figure out how to use your podcast in your business, if you want to know how to set yourself up for success, especially if you want to take a break, right? Summer's coming up. She talks about how she set herself up for success for maternity leave, which was incredible. I was like jotting down notes, even though I don't even have a partner or a baby. I was like, I am literally documenting this for when I'm taking maternity leave in like five years. I think you're going to also want to get out a notebook and pen because this is jam packed with valuable insights. And that's exactly what her podcast, Multi-Passionate Mastery does as well. Before we dive in, I have a really fun giveaway for anybody that leaves a review on Apple Podcasts. So the giveaway this month is actually a class that I taught to my one-on-one clients in one of our masterminds. It's how to monetize your creations. So if you're like, I have been creating content, 
for a very long time and I am not seeing money made from it. What am I doing wrong? How do I monetize this? How do I get this out there? Especially if I don't have a big audience, this masterclass is for you. The masterclass also comes with a very comprehensive notion document. I am a Virgo moon rising and I love a good detail. So I included a ton of details in this document of how to monetize your creations. And I think it's really going to help you start to spin your wheels in different ways that again, you can build new revenue streams with creating your content. So if you want to win this, it's really simple. All you have to do is go to Apple podcasts, go down to the section where it says, write a review, write your review, screenshot it before you hit submit, and then send it to info at chelsearife.com or DM me at Chelsea Rife on Instagram, and I will send you a copy of this masterclass. That's how simple it is. By the way, this masterclass is going up on my site for sale in just a few weeks. So if you're like, I would love to get this for free, literally all you have to do is write a review on Apple Podcasts, okay? No catch, no bait and hook, that's it. It's just a thank you for listening to this podcast. Truly written reviews and ratings are a podcaster's currency. So as a thank you for supporting my work and continuing to bring this podcast into visibility on the charts, I will give you that masterclass for free. So again, just go to Apple Podcasts, scroll down to write a review, write your review, screenshot, send it to info at chelseareich.com, and I will send you the masterclass, How to Monetize Your Creations. All right, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode with Joy Spencer. Oh my gosh, I am so excited about today's episode because you have a return guest coming on today. Welcome to the show, Joy, host of Multi-Passionate Mastery. So glad to have you back on In My Non-Expert Opinion. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and it is wonderful to be back almost a year to the day, as we were saying before we started recording. Oh, so much has changed in a year, and like you said, I was pulling up my dashboard, and I was just looking around at some stats. And I was like, oh my gosh, your episode, out of all the 200-something episodes I've done, ranks in my top 10 of most downloaded episodes, which just shows you that your message on multi-passionate, multi-hyphenate people is really landing with people that listen to my podcast. That's great. That's great, and I'm here for it, and I can talk about it all damn day, so... I'm so happy to hear that. I want to know what's been going on in Joy's world since March 2022, since we last talked. Oh my goodness. So March 2022 is when we last chatted and April 2022, I found out that I was pregnant. (laughs) So (laughs) I spent the rest of that year building a little life, um, uh, inside of me and it was not planned but very much welcomed and as you can imagine just turned my world completely upside down but in the best way and so now I am a new mom to a five-month-old baby boy named Zion and so you know it was a lot of trying to like keep things going while also taking care of myself I got really really sick I was sick like almost the whole time I was nauseous, but the first few months it was unbearable. Um, And I remember like re-recording my webinar and having to pause and go throw up and then come back. And it was just a little bit chaotic. Um, But one of the things that I was the most proud of in that was setting up myself for maternity leave. I was like, this is not optional. I will go on maternity leave. And, you know, having my podcast be that central marketing channel made it so simple to set everything else up. I just knew, okay, if this is the episode, then here's the email that I'm sending out. And it was great. I recorded everything in advance, (laughs) like big as a house, sitting on my bed, sweating, (laughs) hot. But I was like, I'm going to get these recorded. I'm going to get these episodes edited. And I planned everything in advance so that I was able to take a full three months off. And another thing that has happened since we last spoke is I've completely walked away from Instagram um, and basically all social media because I never had Twitter and my TikTok is just like, I don't know, collecting dust. Like I'm, I have one, but I never go on it. Um, and that was a huge deal. I mean, I, I don't know if we talked about this in our previous interview, but I know we've spoken about it offline that I just kind of was going back and forth with my relationship with Instagram and feeling like I wasn't sure if it was a place I wanted to be. And then 
one day I was listening to In My Non-Expert Opinion, and I heard you interview Amelia Ruby, and I went down that train, and that really inspired me to go ahead and leave. So I have a legacy feed, if anyone you know happens to tag me or whatever. But when people go there, it says that the account is no longer active. It invites them to join my email list and has my podcast feed right there in the bio so they can listen to my podcast. So, you know, hopefully if people do find me that way, I actually got an email from someone who's like, I found you on Instagram. So people are still finding me, but I'm not there. (laughs) Um, So that's another pretty big, pretty big thing uh, in my life. And, and yeah, my main my main squeezes in my business right now are the podcast and my flagship coaching program, serving my clients inside of that and figuring out how to infuse even more creativity into those projects. And then there's some things coming down the pipeline that I'm not quite there yet, but it's exciting to, to like look a little bit ahead and, and just get excited about them. Oh my gosh. So much has changed. I mean, can we just pause for a second that you had a, whole child and then we're like oh but I'm gonna keep doing I'm gonna give life to this other thing I created a few years ago which is the podcast and your business I mean that's just so much going on and then the decision that I think a lot of business owners grapple with is do I stay on Instagram or not and you just made that decision um I talked about this before on the podcast but the Latin root and like what the word decision means is to cut off so when you made that decision to cut off you're like I'm literally cutting off an energy source that's not serving me anymore. And I think a lot of people listening right now are going to be really intrigued because I've been through this path. I mean, I did episodes on it like 10 times last year where I think a lot of us think our business is going to completely crumble. We're going to be abandoned. Like our clients are just going to all of a sudden not know where to find us or book with us. And we're not going to be able to advertise as effectively. And so I'm curious from your standpoint, can you walk us through the actual feeling that you had the day that you hit like log out, deactivate, and then what happened after that? Yeah. Hell yeah. So I, so first of all, just to give a little bit of a backstory, I won't stay here long, but I was a person who was like, okay, I will just have the app on my iPad. I will delete it on the weekends. You know, I was constantly putting up these different boundaries to the point where I realized the final straw for me was I was talking to my therapist at the time. And I said, one of my self-care practices is going to be that I'm only going to check Instagram once a day. And then I was like, okay, this app is seeping its way into my therapy sessions. It's just, that's too much. I was just like, you know what? This is enough is enough. And then when I became pregnant, I really thought about who I want to be as a mother and the energy that I was putting into Instagram that I did not feel was reciprocated was leaving me with a really sour feeling and not like sour toward my audience of like, oh, you know, why is no one engaging? But with the feeling of as someone who truly wants to make an impact in the world, to continue to spend time on this platform that may or may not share my message it started to feel like a huge drain of energy. And I knew that I was going to have literal life force coming through that was going to need my energy. So that made the decision even easier, but I'd already decided, but that made it really easy. Like, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not I'm going to be on Instagram. I also decided really early on that I would not post any photos of my son online. So that, that just kind of supported that. And, you know, what I thought about the most was what am I going to gain? It's so easy to think, like you're saying, well, no one will be able to DM me. Or what if I don't meet any more cool people? (laughs) That was my thing. But I thought about all the cool people I already met. I was like, I already met everyone I need to know. Like, I already know all the cool people. It's fine. And I thought about what I would gain. And so I thought, well, you know, I might gain some people who want to come hang out with me on my email list. I might gain podcast listeners because we talk about our shows on social media, but how many folks are leaving social media and going to listen to your podcast? But I'll tell you, when you say like, I'm not going to be here anymore, but if you want to hang out with me, come to my podcast, maybe they're a little bit more likely to go. So I thought about what can I gain out of it? And then I also thought about the copious amounts of time I would save. So when it came to the time to do it, for me, it was, I was so excited. I like basically launched my exit. 
I put out a lot of content that was like, you know, here's where you can find me. I'll be writing articles over here. My podcast is over here. Join my email list right here. And that was just on repeat, you know, being very repetitive about that. Here's where you can find me. Here's where you can find me. And on the last day, I recorded a reel. And it said, like, this is my last reel. And here's what I want you to remember about our time together here on Instagram. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was like, you know, I want you to remember that being multi-passionate is a gift, not a burden. I want you to remember, you know, and it was just giving that little last dose of empowerment. And then I said, you know, and come join my email list. And then I logged out. And at first, I think I didn't really feel anything, oddly. It was kind of like, oh, okay, that's gone. And then... As time went by, I mean, I was like crying in the shower because I felt so much release. I felt just this, wow, I don't have to create content for that platform anymore. I don't have to look for fucking audio anymore. I don't have to record videos of myself on days when I don't want to do that anymore. I don't have to try to figure out a batch schedule. I don't have to have a content calendar calendar for Instagram. I don't have to do audiograms anymore for my podcast like it doesn't I don't where am I going to put them I don't need to do them anymore you know so I just realized like whoa so much of a weight was lifted and I immediately just started writing long form articles uh, because that was what I wanted to do I wanted to write articles for folks who have the attention span to sit and read something and I wanted to publish it in a, on a platform dedicated to long form content So I started publishing articles on the platform called Medium. And, you know, I gained following there, but it's much more communal. Definitely not something where you're checking your followers and worried about it as much. And it just felt so good to say, you know, nothing has shrunk about my message, what I have to say. It's just that I'm deciding that this platform ain't it. And, you know, the last thing I'll say is like, I had that fear for a second of, but what about all the clients that are waiting for me in my DMs? And I just had to get real with myself. That's not how I was signing clients. If I was signing a bunch of clients in my DMs, I would still be on Instagram. But I wasn't signing clients like that. I was having conversations with people and having to do a lot of following up and seeing if they saw my message or da 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 But I was not really meeting folks who were immediately aligned and simply wanted to know, like, where do they sign up? It was like, oh, maybe they had seen tidbits and it was very fragmented or they had questions that I could tell, like, they missed the last 10 posts or whatever. So um, I really just trusted that with the renewed energy that I would have, the spaciousness I would have in my life, people would find me. And in the two months that I left Instagram, I think I signed like eight clients, which was easily double what I had signed in the past, like, six months, you know, so putting all my effort into Instagram instead of writing great emails or like coming up with interesting podcast episodes or whatever, maybe not even instead of, but you know what I mean? Like having to split my energy, I think it was actually just doing a disservice to, to the people who really need my message. And also as a person who's multi-passionate, less distraction for me is, is better. Um, But I will say, to be completely honest, some of what I thought was social media addiction is cell phone addiction. I still carry my phone around the house with me. I still check it way too often. Now I just check, like, my email. Like, you know, there's just always something on our phones to pull us out of the moment. And so as I'm approaching one year off of social media, I find myself asking what has changed but what hasn't. And so wanting to go a layer deeper now with, like, okay, now it's time to look at the device itself. Um, so that's phase two. <laughs> oh my gosh. You just said so many things that are going to be so encouraging and validating and supportive for people that are feeling that pull, including myself. It's funny. I feel like this is divine timing. I literally yesterday was voice noting with my business operations strategist And we were supposed to be pushing my one-on-ones right now. And I'm like, I'm just having a really hard time, like getting in Canva and making graphics and like making reels and posting on stories. There's like too many things. And I'm like, I'm just getting overwhelmed. And, and like, I don't know. And then I had this realization. I'm like, maybe I should make two Instagrams. One that's focused on like podcasts 
tips and tricks and then one that's my personal one and she was just like why would you make two if you already don't really like being on one and she's like you need to start thinking of Instagram as like your journal your stories like you know that's where you're posting your fun updates and travel but like people know you and your personality through the podcast and I was like you're right I always always need to remind myself if I had to pull my data and submit it to like a business school they would be like why on earth are you even on Instagram all your clients come from your email marketing your podcast guest speaking inside people's masterminds and guest speaking on other people's podcasts like I just think of business analysts would be like, what are we doing here? So it's like, I think Instagram now for me is treating it as like fun little updates throughout the day. I'm going to Pilates, I'm traveling, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, I miss watching your life. I do. I do miss (laughs) watching your life on Instagram. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what it's for. From you. Yeah. I, I used I'm to like, eat that up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's how I like meet people, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I travel a lot. I meet a lot of people on there, but I was just like, yeah, this is not it. Like this is not yeah. a platform where to your point, if I was making thousands and thousands of dollars in the DMs, I would be doubling and tripling down on that strategy. But like, I'm not. And I think it's helpful for people to hear this. I know you told me a stat before we started recording do you know, like, could you repeat the stat of how many clients now are coming from your podcast? Over 50%. Yeah. Wow. Like, I was and... making my media kit, so I was pulling it, and I was like, okay, so if I look at, like, I have, you know, over a little over 30 clients, so I pulled the number, and then I divided it by, I have an intake form, and it says, how did you find the program? And so I just looked at how many people put podcasts, and it was like 42% at that point. And then like the next day, two more people signed up and they both found it from the podcast. And then I had to change it to like, okay, it's just over 50% at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly when we worked together, which you haven't even mentioned. Let me shout out Chelsea (laughs) because Chelsea's being modest again. So Chelsea, uh, was my one-on-one OG podcast coach. The reason that multi-passionate mastery, the podcast is out in the world is because Chelsea snatched me right up and helped me launch that. And, uh, you know, I think I had some trepidation. I remember in the beginning feeling like, oh, but I'm just in this hole by myself making all this stuff. And what, you know, and you were like, you know, let's just zoom out and think about in the future, there are going to be people who are going to listen to your show and feel like they know you so well that they will feel confident joining your program. And that's exactly what has happened. I don't do discovery calls. I don't do like coffee chats with people. You know, if you want to get to know me, listen to the show. That's just so, that's better for my energy personally. And it really has done that. And it's done so because I give enough away, enough value that folks can say like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. I just interviewed a client for a spotlight um, interview episode that'll come out in the next season. And she was saying like, I just was changing my life from listening to your podcast. So when you launched the coaching opportunity and I was like well I get to work directly with you she's like it was a no-brainer and she has taken off I mean in terms of like the work that we do with prioritizing and learning how to do more than one thing but in a way that feels good she's like my my ideal client you know like I want 55,000 more clients just like her so it's not just bringing clients it's bringing my my perfect fit clients so it's amazing. So yeah, I was just like, fuck Instagram, whatever. <laughs> Focus on think, my podcast. Yeah. And I think some, you're saying something that a lot of future podcasters or current podcasters want to hear is that people are listening to the message. You are getting clients from it. People are not only getting clients, like you said, getting aligned clients that are actually doing the incredible work that you do and seeing the transformation. And I feel like there's some people listening right now that are like, I've been doing my podcast for a year or two. I'm putting content out. I'm making the audiograms. Like nothing's happening. So what do you think it is about your content planning or your episodes or your strategies that's bringing in these ideal clients? Asking them to join my program. Talking about it constantly and not being afraid to frame an entire episode around a concept that I know I dive deeper into in the program and saying that. Um, I currently have a pre-roll ad. So, okay, hold on. I'll break down my whole strategy. So 
one thing that I've started doing, and I've only done three of these, but it's been very effective, is I interview my clients. I always heard this on other people's shows. It's something that you're, you're basically doing right now and have done in the past. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna do these client you know, spotlight interviews. And then from those interviews that I put up on the feed, obviously, I can share them with people who email me and have questions. I can go, oh, like this might be helpful for you. Or I'll put them into my automated email sequence, right? That, so I also have a webinar funnel. And that's a little tricky. Like my podcast does also lead people to the webinar. So I think together it really helps people make their decision. So in the post webinar emails, I'll link to like listen to this if you want to hear someone share truly like what the program is like. But what I did was I took sound bites from my client spotlight episodes and I made a pre-roll ad. And so it's like a one minute ad that's in front of almost every single episode on my show. And it's me saying, you know, I would love for you to join my coaching program. I know you have a lot of ideas. I know you don't know where to start. Here's a solve for that, this, that. And then there's clips of my clients talking about the program. And then I go back and say, like, I want the same for you. Click the link in the show notes. And since I added that, I don't have the exact stats, but I definitely saw a bump. And, you know, that's so that maybe I do have an episode where I'm telling a personal story or this or that, but still they're going to get that, that pre-roll. Or when I interview someone and they're sharing, you know, with their audience, I still pop that pre-roll onto that episode. So then it's getting to even more more people. And this is especially important because now we're going to get a little bit podcasty, but look at me. Look at, are you so proud? Because I use dynamic um, ad insertion. So basically the pre-roll goes across my entire catalog. So this is really important because when I first launched the podcast, I did not have a coaching program. So in all of season one, I never, I'm like, get my ebook. Like that's all I had (laughs) at the time. And so that's a strategy that I feel has really been working and also saying in many, many episodes that I want to help you. Like if this is a struggle for you, I want to help you. I can get you from point A to point B and reminding people. It feels, it feels awkward at first, especially because, you know, we podcast alone or maybe you have a co-host, but you know, you're not talking usually to a live audience. So it can feel like, ooh, am I overdoing it? But what I've learned about marketing is so much of it is repetition. And so really doubling down on, I'm not just a podcast host. I have a coaching program that you can join. I never want someone to listen to my show and just be like, oh, I didn't know there was a program, you know? So yeah, that that has been my strategy. And I really... I really stand behind my program. Like I love it. And I genuinely want more people to join because it makes such a big impact on the lives of multi-passionates because they stop spinning their wheels, trying to figure out when to do what, and they start taking action and then they put amazing things out into the world and the ripple effect is really powerful. So um, that kind of helps me get over sounding repetitive or worrying about that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's the fear people have is like why I mentioned it last episode and like I talked about it in the beginning of the episode and it feels weird to add it at the end and I just posted about it on Instagram stories and it can feel like you're being annoying. And so it sounds like you're like, I'm not being annoying. I'm sharing an actually impactful transformational experience that honestly, if you didn't share, it would almost be like gatekeeping. It's like, if you can reframe your mindset to be like, I'm actually gatekeeping when I when I refuse to share my program, it might help you be like, I'm actually holding someone's like potential next trajectory or big pivot or like big transformation in if I'm not sharing it. So can you talk to us a little bit about how to overcome the fear of like being annoying or cringy or like constantly quote unquote talking about yourself? Yeah, it's a lot of what you're already saying. So a mantra that I came up with, so basically it start, it starts at the level of thought because you can do the same action, but it's really the thoughts behind it that will determine how that action is going to feel and the result that you're going to create. So I could put that pre-roll, you know, that ad that comes before each episode up with the thought, oh no, I'm going to lose a bunch of listeners. People are just going to fast forward through this. You know, no one's going to want to hear this. 
Or I could put that pre-roll, you know, ahead of every episode with the thought, everyone has fun when I market my offers. It's fun for all of us. And so that's the thought that I decided to latch on to and practice until it became a belief. I have fun talking about my program. And when I interview my clients and ask them why they joined, they're like, it just looked like so much fun. So that's coming across. And that thought helps me. I even do it with my emails. Like everyone, everyone wins when I market. Everyone's having fun when they're hearing about my offer. It's fun for all of us. If they join, great. If they don't, they're just like, everyone's learning something here. Like this is, this is symbiotic. This is working out for all of us. And, you know, I'm a human design nerd. So the other piece of this is that I'm a manifester and it is my responsibility to inform. And so I take that to heart. If I don't inform, I cannot expect any of the other human design types to know how to respond or what to respond to. So that's another piece. And yeah, the reality is that my clients like truly, the programs fall prioritize and thrive and they're thriving. And, you know, the clients who show up and do the work and go through the program and, you know, get the coaching, they're really thriving. They are like one of my clients went out and started a podcast among several other projects, right? And another client of mine went out and got her real estate license and then also got a coaching gig. I have a client who went on tour and also is starting her mediumship business and now is right now teaching a songwriting seminar at a university. So I, my clients are doing multiple things very well and they're thriving. Why would I not want to tell more people about that? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like exactly what you're saying. I'm giving the gift and the opportunity for someone else to invest in themselves also in a very unique way. There are not a lot of programs, if any, like mine that are designed specifically for multi-passionate creatives to learn the life skill of prioritization and focus in a way that actually works for the multi-passionate experience. Maybe there are like time management courses out there, but a lot of that stuff is for people who are already pretty organized or you're expected to just like use the same planner all for the rest of your life or follow some template. And that's just not how I teach. And so that's the other part of it is like having this energy of I want to start a movement where multi-passionates aren't spending all their time problem solving and they're spending more time putting work out into the world. I cannot do it alone. I have to teach other people this method so that they can go out and, and practice it. And then, you know, it'll have a ripple effect. So I guess like in a nutshell, I think that ick and that fear of sounding repetitive is very common. And my advice to someone would be maybe even, I guess I was going to say maybe like pause on talking about it until you feel better. But I'm not sure if that would work for everyone. Some folks might need to like keep doing it even, even if they don't feel better. But while you're practicing the action fall in love with the thing that you are offering. Like just spend time in gratitude for it. And if you can't do that, it might not be the offer, you know? Um, Cause I've had plenty of offers where I'm like, I'm genuinely tired of this. <laughs> I genuinely don't want to talk about this anymore. And that wasn't like, well, I've got to like, marketing is about repetition. That was like, well, it's time to put it to bed. You know? So I think it's kind of, we need to like also put that in the room that sometimes when you feel that way and you've practiced the thoughts and all that, and you still feel like, I just don't want to talk about this anymore. Maybe it's time to pivot and, and do something different. Totally agree. I actually just had a client that was promoting a mastermind heavy on Instagram, heavy on the podcast. And then she was like, I had actually no one sign up. And then she goes, and I am so relieved. And I go, wait, what? Like, I would be like, oh my God, no one signed up. Like maybe I need to rethink everything. And she goes, I just deep down don't think that's really what I wanted to do. Like I didn't really want to run a six month mastermind. I didn't want to do this. And I was like, wow, that just shows me that you could be posting content all day long, but the energy behind it, if you aren't even wanting to post about it, 
it's like people can really pick up on that, even if you have the prettiest graphic and you're talking about it 10 times a day. So I think that's a great tip is like, maybe it's not the offer for you or you need to revamp it or put it to bed. And also maybe there's something missing from it. I know recently I had trouble promoting my one-on-one and I'm like, why? That's where all my clients come from. I have amazing results with my one-on-one clients. Like, why am I like hesitant to promote it? And it's because I did a website revamp and we didn't update the form yet. And so there was this big block that like the form wasn't ready. And then it clicked. I was like, I just need to update the form. Like, that's it. So I updated the form and I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to go. So I think that's great advice of like auditing why you're not feeling it and then tweaking and adjusting accordingly. I want to get even more meta because we're talking about your program about prioritizing. We're also talking about podcasting, which is what I do and what I helped you with. And now we're going to like really zoom in on the two. When you were working on the podcast, you also, like you said, had a coaching program. You had you were building a webinar. Like there was so much going on. And I'm assuming people listening have the same issue, including myself. Like I want to launch a Substack. I want to launch a travel subscription channel. I want to do more blogging and blah, 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 and still have the podcast and do my coaching program. And prior, prioritizing seems like just a skill that I do not have. And maybe people feel the same. So if you were to go back to when you were getting ready to launch the podcast, walk us through like your own framework and how you were able to get to the point where you were managing all these projects. Okay. So first of all, I want to tell you that you are my ideal client. And if you ever want to work on this together, come on through and join Prioritize and Thrive. So I'm going to drop that shamelessly because you're so multi-passionate and it would really help. Um, so yes. Okay. Let's get super meta. So first I'm going to give a short descriptor of what the priority mapping method is so that everything that comes after it makes sense as we're talking about it. So the priority mapping method to put it in a nutshell helps to answer the question, what can I start with first? That's going to make everything that I do after it easier or more enjoyable for me. That is the question that you're answering. I want to be very clear that it is not about choosing one thing because I would never look another multi-passionate in the eye and say, okay, time to choose one thing because I don't want to be told that as a multi-passionate person. An analogy that I love to use for this is think about yourself as a painter and you have a canvas. You are going to paint the most beautiful landscape image ever. Maybe it's like an oil painting and it's just going to be gorgeous and detailed and nuanced. You know, when you see those paintings where you're like, wait, a human did that? How? Like what? Look at the texture, look at the clouds. You know, when you're in that moment, you're just enthralled and looking at the details of a painting. You're going to do that painting, right? What's the first thing that you do? You're going to think about, okay, what needs to go on this canvas first? First, I need to maybe put water on the whole thing, or I need to do the gradient of the sky. Then I'm going to add this. Then I'm going to add that, right? Doing things in a specific order that way, that's what can create this beautiful masterpiece. Taking every single color and all the brushes and swirling them around is going to give you just a brown canvas. And if that's what you want, that's fine. But the multi-passionists that I meet want to have this robust, luscious life full of various projects that they want to do, but they don't want to be overwhelmed by it. So that's the premise of the method. And it has three parts. The first part is cultivating clarity. Inside of my program, we do this through human design because I am obsessed with human design and I personally cannot coach someone unless I know their design because I don't believe in blanket statement coaching. And so we have a human design practitioner who is uh, the featured mentor in the program who teaches that module. Most of it, I do a little, a little teaching in there too. And then module two is stacking priorities. That's the second part of the method, stacking your priorities. You can think about this as like a pancake stack or whatever stack comes up when you hear that. I have a coloring book page in the workbook. That's just like all different kinds of stacks. (laughs) Um, And that's because that's really how I want you to think of this is we're just stacking them one on top of the other. Again, it's not about isolating and choosing one thing. It's about choosing an order for everything to go in. And then the third part is focusing to follow through because priorities are great, but if you don't know how to focus, it doesn't matter really, right? And if you are focusing on things that you're not sure if they're priorities or not, that also might not matter because you might have to redo everything. So that's the order that the method goes in. 
And so with the podcast, I actually had not fully developed a priority mapping method when the podcast launched. I had only developed what is now the third part of the method, the focus to follow through. And that lived inside or lives still inside of an ebook where I teach part of that. Now I've expanded on it in the program, but I teach the first part of it, the three-part focus framework in an ebook. So when we first launched the podcast, a lot of my episodes were about focus, how to focus and how to use that three-part focus framework because I was like, I need y'all to buy this ebook, right? That was the main thing. I knew that I wanted to drive people to that. I also knew though that I wanted to create a coaching program. I knew that that was going to come. So what I did was I planned it out so that after season one aired, I would take a month and a half off in between seasons. And in that time is when I would create my program and my webinar. So I did both at the same time. And my webinar was, you know, I used a template. I created it. I recorded it. And it was done. So that was fine. And I launched that. And then when I had the program running, I had a group of founding members come in and I built the program out in real time. So for only the founding members, the content was dripped out week to week. And I, you know, I built it out. I was building it while, so I was paid to create the program essentially, right? That's not like anything new. A lot of people use that model. But what came after that was I had a program and a webinar. Well, now it's time to start recording episodes for season two. And now I'm going to be talking about my coaching program and I'm going to be talking about my webinar. And so I chose to do it in that order because when we were working on the podcast, I knew I wanted to have a coaching program. I think I even like ended up launching some course or something in the middle of it. Um, And so I had to slow my pace and go, okay, if I can plan this out in a way where my podcast pauses for a moment and I'm not putting energy in that, that means I get energy back. Where would I like to place it? All right, I'm going to place it over here. And then thinking about how it all works together. So I'm still doing this even right now. So so right now the podcast is in season three and it's airing, but all of that was batch recorded and scheduled out in advance. Maternity leave taught me you can do it in advance, girl. Like, just get yourself together and hunker down and do it. So (laughs) that's how I do it now. And so as these episodes are airing, I'm putting my current efforts into podcast PR. And I'm going to be looking for coverage to promote the season premiere of season four. I'm going to put those feelers out now. And then once I've got those feelers out and I hopefully have some coverage and those things are in place, then I'll focus on recording those episodes and getting them bashed out and launching them. So I've essentially developed a sense of self-trust that I can, okay, so let me take this back for a second. The first time we're on season three, so I've done this twice now, where I recorded a bunch of stuff, like was really into the podcast, and then took a hard stop and shifted to something else while bonus episodes dropped or whatever. And when I first came back to the podcast for season two, that's when I realized I had really grown as a multi-passionate person and that I'm practicing what I preach in a, in a very empowered way. Because even just like a year before that, I don't think I would have had the self-trust to walk away from such a huge project and trust that I could just pick it right back up and keep going. Because as a highly multi-passionate person, usually pausing something is the end of it because there's so many other things that want my attention. But there was something about podcasting that felt inviting enough to keep coming back to it. And because it became the central part of my business, I wanted to keep coming back to it because I just had more and more to say. So I developed that through the podcasting experience of working in seasons, not feeling like, oh, I'm going to lose listeners if I take a break, you know, no, because I'm still emailing people. I'm still promoting older episodes. I'm still holding space for my show, you know, even in between seasons, but it's not taking as much energy to do all the recording and everything like that. So developing that self-trust between season one and season two and seeing how well it worked out 
taking that break to build something else and then using the next season to refer back to it for me is like it's a great formula to follow and it and it really worked out and um so yeah for you you know yeah so first of all come and join my program and i will help you second of all no i'm i'm being cheeky but you know really you want to i'll give you i'll give you a little bit of an insider scoop i'll give you two things that i usually keep sort of like behind bars of my program. The first thing is to develop a flexible long-term view. And a lot of times that means doubling the timeline or just being really open to this concept that taking my time saves me time and being more interested in how things come together over a longer stretch of time than you are in everything happening really fast. When you do that, you give yourself so much grace, you give yourself time to breathe, and you give yourself a chance to generate brilliant ideas and to see connections that you might miss because you're in a rush. So the first thing I would say specifically for you with everything you mentioned, the sub stack, the subscription and all of that, you know, how much time are you willing to give that? Can this be a three-year rollout? You know, and if that's just like, whoa, that feels way, okay, can it be a two-year rollout? Can it? Because a year is not that long, really. It really is just, it goes by so fast, you know? And then from there, what I would do is look at each of those projects and look at the skills required within those projects. And then ask yourself, do I have those skills already? Do I need to go out and get those skills, right? From there, then you're going to ask yourself, do I have the bandwidth to go out and get those skills if I don't, you know, and you can start to see that there's already an organic order or a stack, as we mentioned, that those projects can fall into in a way that one will make this and this easier. So your sub stack launching that first, for example, might make it easier to get subscribers over to your travel vlog, which I, or, you know, your travel subscription. So that's how you start to think about it. You start to think about, I'm the painter. These are my colors. This is my canvas. What am I creating? And that's the biggest shift really is the mindset piece of it's not like, okay, well, I'm either going to do a sub stack or I'm going to do this vlog. And which one am I going to do? It's okay, I'm going to start a sub stack and I'm going to start like just talking a little bit about my travels and I'm going to start teasing it out. And then after a year, I'm going to launch this or maybe not even saying after a year, but saying when I get energy back, like when I feel that I've gotten energy back, because that is now sitting in a space of it's so easy to do. It's so easy for me to podcast now, Chelsea, like before it took so much effort and I had to like block my whole calendar. Now I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go record an episode. I'll be back. You know, <laughs> it's just not that hard anymore because we really get energy back. But that comes from being willing to even just momentarily hone in and gain those skills. Right. And if we are splitting our energy, doing so many different projects, we might be learning a lot of skills, but they might be disjointed and your brain is kind of like in overdrive. So that would be my advice. And that's, that kind of sums up the method. We can also link to my, this is so meta, but we can link to the webinar we're talking about. <laughs> um, if anyone wants to see, you know, see this, or you can also listen to it like a podcast if that's more helpful. But yeah, that's, that's what it is. And there's more I want to do. Like I want to write a book and there's a lot coming down the pipeline, but I just stick with this method of like, okay, well that might be a next year project. And, you know, and that's okay. And then what order should that come in? And what would come before that? What makes, you know, and so this is what I said, you know, it's not, this is why I said, excuse me, that it's not about, well, I have a planner that I give all my clients, and then they have to follow this template. It's a life skill. And once you wrap your brain around it, like once my clients go through the program, it's boom, that's it, it's ingrained. And it, this is something that I have clients who don't even have businesses, but they use this to organize their personal lives. It's, it's really universal. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. Oh my God. I love that. I know there's so many people listening right now that actually probably just took like a big deep breath of like, wait, you're telling me I don't have to work on 
10 projects a day and like in the mornings I work on the book and in the afternoons I had the podcast then at night I have to video edit and then I you know I have to launch 20 things in six months and it's I think that's just the nature too of probably Instagram is it looks like everyone is launching something all the time and successfully and with ease and no issues and I think that's something that we kind of talked about through this episode is like there's other ways to do business there's easier ways to prioritize with Joy's program. There's other ways to market yourself like podcasting. And there's just so many unique like success success paths that you can take. And I think hearing from you directly of how it's worked for you is going to be so, so, so helpful for everyone listening. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. And, you know, right now I have my podcast and my coaching program, but there are things that I created before that are still evergreen. Like I have a free quiz that I created back when I first launched the podcast that still brings me maybe 30 new subscribers each month at minimum. So, you know, it's also, we have technology, things can be automated. So it's just so important to remember, you know, anyone who's feeling like maybe a little bit hesitant to choose things or figure out like what's the order a lot of what you create now can go on without your constant attention. And so that's another huge plus. And um, yeah, I just want, I want more multi-passionates putting their work out into the world in bigger ways, being more of themselves and letting go of like, you know, bro productivity and trying a different way. And so my program offers a different way and my podcast gives a lot of juicy bits to entice folks to take that next step and join. And even if they don't, there's so much you can walk away from just from listening to the show. So yeah, here we are a year later. It's so cool. I know. And everyone, you have to go listen. Multi-passionate mastery. I think getting even more meta, it's a library that lives on, right? It's like an evergreen library body of work that while we're all sleeping. You could be listening to the podcast, bringing in new email subscribers, new listeners, new clients. So if you start to think of the value long-term of what podcasting and long-form content can do, I think it will help you reprioritize, which is joy is like a living, breathing example of. I have one final question for you. We've been talking a lot about multi-passionates and podcasting and your program. And I'm just curious, now that you've been podcasting for a while now, what is your favorite thing about podcasting or what transformation or lesson or anything has podcasting brought you? Ooh, um, my favorite thing about podcasting in general is the come as you are nature. I know there's a lot of pressure to incorporate video, but I'm kind of just like, nah, cause I don't want to always get dressed. Um, and unfortunately, in the female sector of society, there is that pressure to like look nice, um, look good or whatever. So I really love the come as you are. I love that it doesn't matter what the what lighting you have. You could record your podcast and the pitch black dark and it wouldn't matter. Um, there's so many things that I love about it. I also love the experimentation that can happen. Like I have episodes that are called musical interludes where I sing and play the ukulele. Uh, coming up in season four, I really want to experiment with like layering different audio and having uh, different perspectives in, in each episode. So I love the experimentation aspect of it. Um, and was there a second part of your question? There was, what do you love? And there was something else. Is there like a lesson or transformation or something mm. that it's brought you? This is kind of cheesy, but I think, yeah, to trust my voice. Trust that what I have to say is impactful. And I know that because I have over 30 reviews on Apple Podcasts of people literally mirroring that back to me and saying, wow, this is exactly what I needed to hear or I feel so seen. And I was just looking through all my reviews and making graphics out of them to share on LinkedIn. That's the one place that I still am because I'm getting more into like networking for the, for the podcast. Um, and I'm floored by what folks have to say and the generosity. Like, I mean, I have one review that's like literally three paragraphs and I'm, I'm floored by that. So, you know, when you're creating the content, you're kind of in a silo by yourself and it's, you can wonder, is this going to make an impact, but doing it 
and then putting that out there, putting that message out there, it's really taught me to trust my voice and trust that what I'm sharing is meaningful and impactful. Um, so yeah, huge win all around. I love it. Love and your work is, yeah, like we said, it's so impactful. It's episode 157 on my podcast, you guys. You have to go listen. Like I said, it's one of the most downloaded episodes because of all the knowledge that Joy dropped. And if you're like, I need to be inside this program, how can they join? How can they find you? How they, how can they connect with you and really get a piece of your work? Yeah, so you can go to, just come on over to the podcast website, honestly, because you can sort of find my other stuff there anyway. So go to multipassionatemastery.com. There you can find a link to my show on any app that you want to listen to. And then you'll also find links to my free training and a link to my program. But if you want to skip that, you want to skip dating and you're like, no, I'm ready. Like, let's let's make this official. Then go to multipassionatemastery.com slash coaching and take a look at the invitation page. You'll see that it's like a huge party, basically. And that's the vibe inside of the program as well. It is really, really fun. We have a great time in there. And so, yeah, those are the ways that you can check that out. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I cover so much on my, this is another thing. I cover so much on my podcast that I'm just like, yeah, just listen to the podcast. You'll get it all. You'll get it all from there. So come hang out with me, Multi-Passionate Mastery, anywhere you listen to podcasts amazing well i am so glad we caught up there is so many amazing things going on in your life and i'm just so excited to see you literally thriving like talk about prioritize and thrive i feel like that's definitely happening for you so thank you for coming back on thank you for sharing your wisdom and thank you for sharing your podcast it's incredible yeah thank you for helping me create it thank of you of course okay how meta was that <laughs> i feel like we literally talked about podcasting and her program and then flipped it around and like talked about how the podcast helped her program and how her program could help you podcast. It was like a riddle inside of a riddle, but I absolutely loved geeking out on that. And I hope you did too. And if there's anything you could take away from this episode, I hope it's two things that you don't need to niche down. Your multi-passionate nature is actually welcome and embraced. And imagine if you started leading the torch in your inner circle for being multi-passionate to fire up other people to do the same. And then we all were multi-passionate and not niching down how much more fun of a world that would be in instead of feeling suffocated to be in a box. That sounds way more exciting to me. The second thing is considering that you do not need to follow other people's blueprint to success. I think Joy is such a good example of that, right? She got off Instagram. She builds seasons. She does bi-weekly episodes right? She made it work for herself, her energy, her lifestyle, her business model, and she's seeing the results and the fruits of her labor finally come to life. She didn't follow someone else's template, right? And that's something I really want to highlight to you is if we work together, that's something I will ensure that I don't shove down your throat either. I think the work Joy and I did together really highlights that, that I didn't push her to do one thing in one way. I said, what feels best for you? And let's reverse engineer that. So if you're thinking of working together one-on-one -on -one and you want to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you're like, it's just not really energizing me or it's not really giving me the results that I want, let's definitely talk to see how I can help you. Something that is really important to me is that we consider your lifestyle, right? A mom of two kids that works full-time is going to have a very different schedule than a digital nomad that has no kids and no responsibilities and is bopping around the world every three weeks, right? So I want to take that into account. We take into account your cycle. That's something I literally have my women clients do or any menstruators is like, let's pull up your cycle and plug it in the calendar and work backwards. I take into account your business model. Like, what are you running? And if you don't have a business and this is just for fun, great. How can we make this even more fun and how can we bring it energy or what is it going to lead to? These are all things that are really important to me when we work together one-on-one. -on -one. So if you're like, I am ready to start a podcast, I'm excited to build my evergreen library of work, my body of work that lives online forever and ever and does work for me while I sleep or pivot my podcast and just have a lot more fun with it, I'm here to help you do that. So I will drop the link to my one-on-one -on -one coaching in my show notes. I'll plug the application in there as well, but you can find everything on the website. So if you want to book a call with me and chat about it, or you want to hit me up in the DMs on Instagram, please do that at Chelsea Rice. 
You can always email me info at chelsearrive.com too. And let me know what you want to do, right? What do you want to bring into the world with your podcast? Or how do you want your podcast to shift? And what message are you trying to bring? And I will tell you how we can make that happen and come to life. Podcast coaching is like literally my favorite thing to do. There is nothing more exciting to me than watching, especially women, activate their voices in this space. But anyone really that feels like they haven't been able to express themselves fully, podcasting, I am telling you, is one of the easiest, funnest, best, most expansive ways to do that. And just a reminder, if you leave a written review on Apple Podcasts, send it to me, info at chelseawrive.com. I will send you a copy of How to Monetize Your Creations, one of my favorite masterclasses that I taught to my one-on-one clients that will help you actually create some revenue from the content you're producing. If you found value out of this episode, please consider sharing it on your Instagram stories, in the group chat, in your next newsletter. It's so supportive and so reassuring when people share this content. So it's truly something I appreciate from the bottom of my heart. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode.